0: You're listening to Data Plus Love. This week I have with me Priya Padam. Priya is part of the next cohort of the Data School, and if you've been following her on Tableau Public at all, or if you're on an Analyst Twitter, you've seen some very clean, beautiful visualizations coming out of her, most notably her uh, Iron Viz on a study of happiness, and I'm really excited to be talking with her today. Priya, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm pretty well. So we're uh, communicating across a six hour time difference. So right now you're living in my future and it seems like it's going pretty well. So I'm really, uh, really hopeful for where uh, Friday evening takes me as well. Um, so just starting off, you sort of seemingly come out of nowhere or at least on my <laughs> radar. Um, you have a portfolio of about 24 visas, and they started very strong and only got even stronger. And you seem to have a very sure visual styling that is like uniquely you. Do you have a graphic design background or anything?
1: Uh, No, I've actually never really been into graphic design. I mean, I love it, but I've never actually done it before. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So it means a lot that you're saying that. But no, I've only ever been, you know, programming (laughs) that kind of background, really. So, I mean, it's really fun and I'm learning all the time from everybody in the community.
0: Uh, I mean, so you just kind of came fully formed like this then, like you kind (laughs) of came in and you're like, I know what to do. Like, this is, this is cool because I see so many people, uh, using like tools like Tableau. Uh, it's definitely a two part skill set. There's the analytical part, which is sort of like the it logical background part. And then there's also a very visual aspect. Um, and if you're lacking in one or the other, it can easily come off, uh, awkward. And frankly, you, you haven't had any of that from the beginning. So it's amazing how quickly you jumped in uh, with both feet coming from a strictly technical background. I also came from an IT background, but I floundered a little bit making some very kludgy dashboardy looking visits in the very beginning. And you seem to get that out of that phase almost immediately.
1: I mean, um, I don't actually show the kind of process behind each of these. It kind of goes through lots of iterations before I post it. Sometimes I don't even post something. So you, you haven't seen all the kind of more ugly versions of things <laughs> that are not seen and they're kind of hidden away in my folders somewhere.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's the discernment of knowing what's ready to go out and what's not. So that's always something. But um, so we started off talking about you uh, being part of the next data school cohort. So how did that happen? And tell us about the data school from your perspective. I know I've had previous data schoolers on. Uh, you're part of, I believe, Cohort 21?
1: Yep, that's right. So okay. um, that's the only reason I actually started doing all of this in the first place. Um, that's the reason I started to do Tableau. It's because I found out about Tableau from the actual data school um, recruitment process. So from there, I tried to learn how to do basic stuff. and. Just kind of take part in Makeover Monday and that kind of thing. And just slowly grow my portfolio and do the interviews. And then all of this other stuff happen in between. <laughs> and now I'll be joining very soon. And it's just very exciting.
0: That's very cool. And I mean, we don't have anything like that in the US at this point. Like The Data School seems like it really is, particularly for like the UK and uh, parts of Europe, just like this great resource for developing those analyst skills, and then finding great placements and jobs out of it. I've seen so many talented people come out of the data school. And I mean, we saw Hesham last year who had barely been using Tableau like six months be one of the Iron Viz champions. So it's amazing how, I think it's a it's a two-part thing in that the data school is really great at uh, elevating talent and training people, but also recognizing talent and bringing in people that they know will benefit from their particular process.
1: Mm-hmm. I really love um, the data school so far and just um, I mean even the actual interview process was the most unique experience. I really like how they kind of structured it all and everybody's so friendly and, and I love how they're really part of the community as well because I love the community. It's just, it's just been a great experience overall.
0: That's great. Um, speaking of community, I know you and I are both involved in a community initiative right now, and that's the mentoring meetup uh, with you as a mentee to Adam Miko and as a mentor to Stephen Shoemaker. How did you get involved with mentoring meetup? Uh, how did that all happen to you? And did you sort of know you wanted Adam to mentor you or did that happen organically as part of the process?
1: It was it was really organic because um, it was kind of before this whole initiative kind of happened. Um, I, I, would get, I guess blogged on um, Adam's blog and that's how we met and from there he just became my mentor and, um, and then um, it kind of, I guess the whole mentor-mentee um, initiative became more popular and now I'm really happy that it's kind of growing and more people are getting mentors. It's really helpful, it's helped me so much and Adam's a really great mentor and I really appreciate all his help so I'm just really excited to see everybody else that will benefit from this as well because I've definitely benefited from it as well.
0: I think it's going to be really great for you. And Adam's an amazing guy and he's extraordinarily uh, patient, which is something you always want to mentor, someone that's sort of calm and uh, is really great at sort of recognizing your abilities and your intentions and what you're looking to get out of the relationship. I mean, for <laughs> me, it's an entirely new thing. I've done some mentoring at work, um, which has been really both beneficial for me and the mentees, but this is the first time I've ever done it externally. So Steven was one of uh, just many people that I sort of recognized. And I thought, wow, this guy's really great. Like there, there <laughs> yeah. were so many people I would have been happy to mentor. And I'm really excited to be mentoring him. Having said that, he is already so talented that uh, I tell him all the time, what do you think you're getting out of this? Like, <laughs> what are you hoping to get out get out of this from me? Because if anything, I just saw, you know, what you just dropped. Like he, he just dropped something earlier today with a rotating globe on it with uh, hot spots. That. And I'm like, what do you what do you want from me here? Like, I should be learning from you. So I, I think it's something where it's, it's great for you know, people to go back and forth and learn from each other. I mean, very rarely is it a one way street like he's not studying at the feet of the master here. I am definitely going to be benefiting from this relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah, his work is amazing. I'm a massive fan of his. So that's really cool that you're teaming up. That's going to be a dynamic you I'm really excited to see that.
0: <laughs> and I'm I'm really excited to see what he puts out for Iron Viz. So I believe this is your first Iron Viz entry, right? Since you're so new to the data viz game, right?
1: Yep, my very first one, and uh, and yeah, <laughs> I almost didn't post it because I was really scared.
0: <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. It's a great viz. It's the study of happiness, and it's uh, it definitely uh, shows off your unique style. You have a very very clean style, and as part of that, um, some of the hallmarks of that is orderliness everything is sort of aligned in very neat ways you've got lots of white space which help in the readability you have some very clear font choices and viz choices and it just leads itself to looking like a very clean finished product like you would expect from like a professional publication like if you were reading you know a high-end magazine with a uh, infographic it wouldn't be shocking to see something that looked just like this um for me it was also my first iron viz entry although i've been uh Publicly visiting since, I guess, uh, the summer of 2017. I've never actually entered Iron Viz before, and part of it is because I don't really enjoy long Viz data, long form data Viz, which I consider to be like a hallmark of Iron Viz entries. Um, but this time, I just, I just went for it. I, I didn't do as long form as I could have, but uh, I felt like I made something that I felt happy with and was, you know, sort of in my lane and of my interests. So I, I wanted to make a Viz that I would like no matter what. And I felt like I did that. So right now, as we're talking, it's July 24th. There's still about uh, 10 or 11 days left for people to get out mm-hmm. entries. So we're really excited to see what happens in like the last week and a half of this. Because Priya and I are sort of part of the the first half of entries. And you're going to see a whole lot that start coming out the door. So it'll be really mm-hmm. interesting to see some of the other stuff that comes out. And uh, also interesting to see how Iron Viz goes down this year.
1: Mm. yeah. I really want to know what's actually going to happen because I have no idea.
0: (laughs) And it's a fascinating thing because I'll be vulnerable enough to say this. Like so many people I put in my iron vins entry, but I'm really sort of nervous about the idea of going to the show. Like you you put your entry out there and you want to do something that you could be proud of. And you, you hope, Hey, you know, top 10 would be great, but you're kind of (laughs) dreading the idea of being in the top three because I mean, this year might be easier, but you know, Vising live on stage in front of you know between uh, eighteen and twenty thousand people—that's like—and I like public speaking because public speaking you can mess up and keep going. Like public visiting, <laughs> if you mess up, you might not get a finished product out in time.
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, your vis was amazing, and you deserve to be in the top ten. Definitely, it's really that's very different.
0: kind, and I—I I don't know. I felt the same way about yours. I felt the same about David's uh, release that we saw this Love week as David's. well. Yeah. Um, and more than anything, I'm just happy to have it, uh, what I made in my portfolio and whether anything comes up with iron viz, I'm totally satisfied with what i made. And that's kind of where mm-hmm. you have to be, right? Because we released early enough that we could probably keep tinkering with these for the the last 11 days if you really wanted. But sometimes there's that recognition. You have to accept something and say, okay, this is good enough to go out. If I keep messing with it, how much better is it going to get 3% better? You know, or am I just going to drive myself crazy?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I find when I keep tinkering with stuff, I might make it worse accidentally. And that's not good. So it's best to just kind of leave it alone.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, that's, that's definitely the case. Uh, and that's one of the reasons so many of my typical visits that I do are such short form visits where I mm-hmm. get an idea, I turn around in about a day and I put it out because I definitely have the temptation. I used to draw quite a bit and I would never finish drawings because it's always a little bit more you could do to get it right. And ultimately that led to a lot of incomplete work. And I find it much easier with Viz products to, if I just, you know, focus in, work hard, get it, you know, like 90 to 95% of what I would consider right where I want it. I'm like, that's good. Put it out, move on. And -hmm. that's, I guess that's how I ended up with such a large portfolio just by you know, a, a, being comfortable enough to say it's okay if it's not perfect, it's what I'm comfortable with right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And I can always recognize one of your visits, especially when I first started. Uh, I think you were the one, one of the first people I actually followed on Tableau Public. So I'm a big fan of your work as well.
0: That's crazy. By the way, um, I have, I'm having the hardest tr- time with Tableau Public right now. Like right now, your <laughs> portfolio shows that I'm not following you and I have it up on you screen. You were my
1: first follower, actually. I, I actually remember that. <laughs>
0: Right. So it's like, I I was looking at like, I know I have favorited some of these, like looking at your portfolio. (laughs) So there's, there's wacky stuff going on with public right now. And I think we saw some of that with, um, with scrolling on long form visits as well. That came up earlier this week where you're seeing all these great entries people are putting out for iron Viz, and you go to open it and you scroll and about a page and a half down, everything blanks out. (laughs) And it's like, you know it's frustrating because you're wanting to see this cool viz but it's also for the person whose visit is you're hoping they have a local copy saved in case there might actually be some sort of corruption of the product I mean I don't think there is I think it's just a display like glitch mm-hmm. but you know it's a uh, boy that'd be nerve-wracking if you put in like 30 hours on something and then it, it got corrupted so let's let's hope yeah, that, that, was that so, scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, how did you end up choosing the subject of happiness for your iron Vis? so it
1: was kind of- a long process because I really wanted to, um, make it about something I'm interested in. And I think I was reading Joshua, Joshua's, um, blog post about kind of tips for entering INVIS. And one of the tips was something about kind of start from where you're interested in and work from there and then get a data set. So I tried to do that. So I made a massive list <laughs> of all the things that I'm interested in. And one of the stuff, one of the actual things I came up with was just um, happiness or what kind of drives people. And I was looking at Kaggle, <laughs> Kaggle.com. And, uh, I came across this data set and when I played around with it, I just kind of fell in love with what it was about. And I just, the ideas just ran from there, I guess. And I just, um, really wanted to make a biz out of it.
0: I mean, it's stunning the the fact that you went so monochromatic on it, it really, um, Oftentimes, that can sort of come off as uh, lackluster. And let me let me rephrase that. You're covering the topic of happiness. And when people think happiness, if they were uh, if we're watching the movie Inside Out, we're thinking vivid colors and stuff. And you Mm -hmm. made the choice of going, you know, it's this uh, bluey gray background and black text. And it's great because as you scroll down, you can see uh, how you've done some. Uh, some scatter plots and some various other things. And it really just lets the data shine. And if you'd gone more colorful on this, a lot of that could have easily been washed out. And mm-hmm. uh, I just thought it was a very creative choice, especially when the subject itself might lead you to just go all bombastic, which probably would have been my inclination as you saw with mine, where I went with insane <laughs> uh, blinding colors. But it's it's so funny that you mentioned Josh Smith because um, he's a friend of mine as well. And we were texting um, leading up to Iron Viz. And I'm like, I know, like, I've been covering... I recently did several visits on vaccinations and stuff about how vaccination rates have been improving in a lot of places in the world where we typically wouldn't have expected that. And a lot of that sort of investigation sprung from me reading Hans Hans Rosling's factfulness. And I said, Josh, I'm like, I think I might revisit that data set, but like, I'm not really passionate about it because I hit it several times now. And I don't know if there's enough there for me to go back to it. And I don't know what else I want to talk about. And this must have been, he must have been writing his blog post at the time because he gave me pretty much the same advice. He's like, Well, think of all the stuff you are into. Like there's plenty of stuff you're into that overlap with health and wellness. And wellness is such a wide open thing. There's so many different things that it takes to be well that it really really allows for a lot of freedom in the topics you might cover. And that's how I ended up sort of angling towards diversity and um, inclusiveness. And uh, I love the fact that I'm looking at this beautiful Viz by You the week after we just talked um, with Rob about um, modern design. Because you embrace so many of the things that sort of were part and parcel to uh, his uh, analysis of what makes something a modern design very clear, rounded corners, drop shadows, uh, clear text, all that sort of stuff. And it looks less like a typical data viz we might see out of Tableau and more like a UI and uh, I just think that's a very uh, nice choice you made to sort of differentiate yourself from a lot of the other choices people might make. Because while we don't like to think of it, there is sort of a Tableau data visualization style that you know a lot of people embrace. And this looks uh, different from that.
1: Thank you so much. Um, I mean, this the kind of design was something I kind of debated on. And I definitely did try and add like, you know, bright green or bright yellow. But then I just thought, no, <laughs> it didn't really work. And so I just kind of got inspiration from the fact that this is a study and study papers are black and white. So this is black and white and with like a modern twist, like you said. So that's kind of where the design inspiration came from. And I'm really glad that you liked it.
0: Well, I'm not judging Priya. So you're out of luck. I think I think you will You should be very proud of this. And I think you're going to do very well. So kudos. (laughs) And I think what you've built so far in your portfolio is only going to lead uh, to better works like this. So um, you mentioned before we started talking that you are a big Keanu Reeves fan. And as someone (laughs) that preaches the gospel of John Wick regularly and went to the extent of not only hand capturing all the times he shot someone on film, but then made three visits out of it. I'm also quite a bit of a Keanu Reeves fan. So what uh, what got you into Keanu Reeves and what's your favorite Keanu Reeves movie?
1: Well, I guess it's because I grew up with um, older brothers. <laughs> and so uh, I watched Matrix at an early age. And um, so that was kind of my first kind of gateway to Keanu Reeves, I suppose. And that's probably, that is probably my favorite film by him just because it's a classic. But then I also love Constantine. That's a really good one, I think. Um, John Wick is probably up there, too. I love John Wick. And to be honest, I prefer the first one over the rest of them so far. I think that's my favorite. What about you? Do you prefer that one?
0: I, I definitely prefer the first John Wick. I think uh, it's it delivers the most bang for your buck in terms of what you're expecting from the franchise. It starts off fairly serious, and then it takes this twist mid-film where you realize there's this whole odd assassin society that's just enough to be uh, whimsical. And then you realize what kind of movie this is. So the first part of the movie, you know, it starts off pretty sad. It's a gut punch between losing a spouse and losing a dog. And then you're like, oh, I really want him to get some revenge. And then as you enter into the larger uh, John Wick universe, you realize, oh, this is this is nuts. I like this. And the second and third film kind of embrace that to varying degrees. And there's definitely great scenes in all of them. And I mm-hmm. definitely also think the first Matrix movie is my favorite Matrix movie. But yeah. for the opposite reason, because as they expanded the Matrix universe, I became less interested in everything. <laughs> and the focus of the first film was probably better. And uh, as for Constantine, I uh, I also agree with that. I am probably one of the few people that saw that in theaters. Um, Constantine is based on the DC Vertigo property uh, Hellblazer uh, named uh, for the title character, John Constantine, who's sort of like a British say warlock. He smokes a lot of cigarettes, wears a trench coat and dabbles in stopping black magic. I don't know. It's really weird. And, and, uh, I've only read a little bit of it ever, but it often ends up with super negative endings and whoever he was trying to save dying anyway, which, uh, which feels sort of like a very British way to handle like dealing with black magic. It's like, yeah, it usually doesn't work out. That's fine. He goes back to the pub and he smokes another cigarette and helps <laughs> someone next week.
1: I love that. I love. Oh, I love that comparison. And it's probably true.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, another thing I've noticed uh, that sort of really hit big on your profile was your Radiohead viz. Are you a massive Radiohead fan, or is this just something that caught your fancy?
1: Definitely a massive Radiohead band. They're my favorite band, but I've actually never seen them live. I need to fix that. (laughs) Well,
0: it's a little hard right now. Yeah. (laughs) For all the thousands of people that discover this podcast in the future, uh, once it's, you know, globally known, this is being recorded in the summer of 2020 when we're all trapped in our homes. So (laughs) trapped in our homes because of the coronavirus, not trapped in our homes because of the thing that happens in 2021. So it's not that thing. It's the coronavirus. That's why we're at home. So in terms of your design for Radiohead, like what sort of uh, drove your aesthetic for this? Like what, what are the thoughts behind some of the choices you make? I'm interested. This is the inside the actor's studio portion of this podcast <laughs> where I'm wanting to know like what drives your designs? Do you go through a bunch of iterations or do you have like a fully formed thought when you start off?
1: It really depends. I think with this one, I kind of knew what I wanted to do with it kind of, but um, I didn't know whether I wanted it to be a lighter background, but then I thought it was more kind of, Radiohead to just have a dark background and um, it kind of goes with their logo as well to kind of keep with a black, grey, white kind of theme. So I, I felt like it just kind of went together better like that. Um, so with this one it kind of just fell into place quite quickly, but with other ones it doesn't actually happen that fast. <laughs>
0: So um, it's a really good choice with the background and the white text particularly pops very well on it. Chris Love was actually kind of talking about this uh, yesterday, kind of in reverse. He was talking about it seems like more people are choosing leg gray fonts on Viz's. And it's like he can tell if he's getting old or if he just, you know, it's just the good color and i mean in those cases a lot of times people are making some of those choices because you get some some sort of like neat ghostly effects on white when you choose like a really light gray the downside of that is you're sacrificing readability what you did was oftentimes people enjoy a black background and you shifted it more towards a slate color and then you were still able to do a grayish text that allows you to have just enough contrast for readability but at the same time not have the uh the harshness of just going pure white on a lot of your objects, which I think was probably a really wise choice. So in terms of like designing a viz like this, and I know you're, you're newer to this, how long would it take to put something like this together from the ground up?
1: Um, I remember actually uh, chatting to Adam whilst I was making this. So he was kind of, uh, I, I kind of sent him updates and stuff. So I'd have to ask him how long it took. I think like, I think a day, day and a half. Yeah. I think a day or a day and a half to get it. I think I had, the idea the day before and then I actually executed it um the day after and you know when you kind of get in the zone and you just spend hours and hours straight that's kind of what I did
0: (laughs) I know that feeling exactly that happens right around the time I'm putting my girls to sleep I'm recording for my upstairs office right now which is now also my work um and my girls bedrooms are both upstairs as well so uh my kids both being grade schoolers I like to know I'm nearby as they're going to sleep, which means I can't go down and watch TV with my wife. My wife is at that point of the evening. She gets to herself to do whatever, typically still like taking care of stuff in the house. And I am trapped up here because if I leave, the children won't go to sleep and none of us want that. So that's when my prime visiting hours are for recreational visiting. So I definitely understand that sentiment. I might pop on some music. I'll sit here at my desk and I'll work on whatever projects I'm working right now. Um, so, yeah, it's you can definitely get lost in the groove as you particularly when you're on a topic you're particularly passionate about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: So let me ask you this. Um, having, you know, just gotten out your Iron Viz entry, do you already have a next viz you're working on?
1: I've actually got a kind of to-do list. I don't know if you do this, but I kind of make a list of ideas. If they come into my head, I just keep a kind of record. And sometimes I look at this kind of big list and I think, shall I do any of those yet? Do I feel like it? Um, so, so I might revisit that, but um, in terms of big projects, uh, because the iron viz kind of took a while, <laughs> I might just take a tiny break. Um, but I mean, I'd love to do more map stuff. Um, I've seen some really amazing maps lately. Uh, so I really like kind of putting those in my vizs and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, we just have to see. Maybe I have something and I'm just keeping it from you.
0: <laughs> That's true. Have you experimented with Mapbox at all yet?
1: I have. Um, somewhere in my portfolio, I think I have um, some Mapbox stuff. Oh, in my FGM viz, I have kind of customized map and my um, Operation Fish the one, Yeah. I have a few so it's really fun. I kind of got inspired by Johnny Walker's maps of that. His maps are just insane. <laughs>
0: I guess Johnny's okay. Johnny, who now works at at MapQuest, who uh, didn't uh, last week. So that's very exciting. That was a very illogical choice. Johnny has always been uh, just an amazing representation of what you can do with Mapbox. I mean, he Mm -hmm. was using it in Tableau, but it's a great example of how that product uh, can be leveraged to just create some astonishingly lifelike maps that... You know, maybe sometimes are hyper realistic and you're exaggerating reality for for benefit. But sometimes you have to. You're looking at a flat screen. You're not looking at a, a real you know, thing. So uh, your style of preparing for future visits is actually totally the opposite of mine, because I almost never have a next visit in mind. Typically, what happens is I get excited about something. I finish it. I put it out. And then I'm like, I got nothing now. So uh, there's there's long periods of time by which I might mean a week. I'm just like I'm done like I don't think I I don't think I'm ever going to have another idea and I'm saying that and I've put out a viz almost like a viz a week I don't know ever since January Uh, and I I regularly feel like uh the well's dry like I've got nothing else in me and then all of a sudden I have an idea and then I just run off and make it but uh it's interesting to see that you're able to sort of catalog and plan ahead because I don't have any of that going on in fact A lot of my visits are are revisitations of previous data sets, which is a a discipline I started putting into practice. And I call it a discipline because there's a temptation to always run off and find a new data set. But it's amazing like, if you're at work, you're going to be working the same data set quite a bit. And there's a lot of different angles that you can be viewing that data set from. By revisiting some data sets I've used in the past, like baby names or video games, I'm able to discover new stories in there that I hadn't considered on my first go through because it's very easy to find the story you want to find or the story you want to tell and miss out on some of the other stories. So that's been kind of a cool thing for me to do because not only do I find something new, but I end up with a totally different viz than I did the first time. That's
1: a really good idea. I think I might try that as well. I'd love to kind of revisit some of the vizes and see what what else I can kind of come up with. Because sometimes I feel like I just kind of do uh, one chart with a data set when I could have done more with it, I guess. so that's a really good idea. I might try that out.
0: Yeah. I mean, right now I was actually uh, right before I talked to you, I was working on revisiting my baby name set for about the third or fourth time. And this time I was investigating the uh, essentially what uh, first initial of names are popular during different eras. So I uh, last time I did this, I did Mary and the names that defined our generations, which were the top men's and women's names across, you know, baby boom and Gen X and, you know, millennials and all that. And that was kind of an interesting thing because you can see names that have come and gone and how there are now more names than there were in the past. So we've actually diversified our name market where previously you might have a whole lot more people consolidated under the banner of Mary Now that's been more dispersed. And that's particularly common with women than men. There are way more women's names than men's names and men's names kind of hover around the same top 10 names in the US for men. Um, But it's interesting to see uh, with animations and paging just how popularity shifts across like the spectrum of letters over time. And how uh, you're not going to see a whole lot of Z and X names for women, but you might see some more uh, some more Z's popping up in the 1980s uh, as Zach's came around.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really love that baby name, yours. So it'd be really cool if you revisited that. That'll be really cool. So will keep me updated with that. <laughs>
0: I'll let you know. You're not going to miss it. I'm going to make a gif. That's one of my uh, my <laughs> early habits was uh, trying to uh, use paging to make fun gifs, and hopefully this should be another one of those viz. But it's a it's another small single chart viz that hopefully uh, makes you say, "Huh, I never thought of it like that." And sometimes that's all it takes. It's great to have uh, some of these long form visits, like you and I did for Iron Viz, and several of the other ones we've seen, tell an amazing story that sort of walk you through a lot of details. And sometimes you just want to make people look at something a little different or just show something in a different way. Like you had your really cool Iron Quest Viz, your quantified self mood tracker. Like, were you already doing that, like tracking your mood by day for quite some time, and that just sort of popped up?
1: Yeah, so I actually for some reason at the beginning of the year I just thought I never actually track anything I've never had a diary let's just get an app and track my mood and see what happens so I actually started on the first of January of this year and um, then the Iron IronQuest um, topic came out and I thought hey I could actually use it <laughs> so then um, the app actually allowed you to download a um, CSV file of the data anyway so that it was really easy to use it and um, I really wanted to play around with some of um, Tableau Magic's kind of cool uh, charts that I've never used before. So this one was something that I thought was really kind of eye-catching, and it kind of fit because every line is a day. So I just put it together, and it was just really fun.
0: It is a fun viz, and it's it's a great single chart viz. It's something that sort of grabs your attention immediately, not just because it's a novel chart type and it has poppy colors, but because you pose a question in the middle of it. Like when you ask questions, people tend to like, ah. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, there are all these tricks for getting attentions for for a viz and uh, asking questions or putting the user inside the viz. I mean, in this case, you're kind of doing both because you're saying, how are you today? And while the viz isn't about the user, uh, it makes them a little bit more curious than like, this is how I'm feeling right now. People are like, I don't really <laughs> care as much about Priya. I want to know, know about me. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, it's fun um, to sort of play around with those ideas. And uh, I don't know. It's you Like I said, you have a very unique style and you've definitely already sort of formed a visual language that when you look at it says Priya. Um, so congratulations on that. And in terms of like n- what's next for you, I'm super impressed. I think you're going to do incredibly well in Iron Viz. And I'm curious to see uh, what's kicking uh, on this list of yours. Have you ever done a um, a collaborative Viz? I haven't
1: yet. I'd love to collab. Um, yeah, I actually haven't, but I mean, if anybody wants to, <laughs> I'm open to it. i <laughs> will be really okay. fun. Oh, you have.
0: <laughs> so I'm definitely putting the call out for you then because collaborative visits <laughs> are fun. I've done a couple that haven't taken off, but almost all the rest of them have. I mean, typically, uh, if they don't take off, it's just due to time constraints uh, as various people because we're all busy professionals and stuff. But uh, of the ones that I have, I've always been super impressed with the experience. It's always great to work with someone that's kind of different from you because you're sort of meshing your two uh, like ethics and visual styles together and coming out with something new. And it's fun. It's like you're getting to play with one of your favorite toys with a friend instead of doing it by yourself. <laughs> um, so it's it's always fun. And it's just a great experience. And I, I can't recommend it enough. We should do more initiatives where people team up.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I remember um, Kevin and Ken Flavage saying how Tableau is like combining drawing and and kind of analytics together and it really is it just makes it so much more fun
0: people should team up except for them the Fleurledges is like (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) and they cut Keith out totally it's like the Fleurledges twins and not the Fleurledges triplets it's sad guys like let let Keith back in but um having said all that I had a really great time talking today as we're coming to the end of our time uh is there anything you'd like to promote or anyone you'd like to shout out or say before we wrap up
1: um I mean I guess I just want to say thank you to everybody for being so accepting and welcoming since I'm still very new. Everybody is so nice and um, I've never felt part of a community like this before. And uh, it's just really nice. So I'm really happy that I could tell you all of this now vocally <laughs> that I'm really thankful. So thank you for letting me be part of the Data Fam.
0: Well, thanks for being part of the DataFam, Priya. And I hope we talk again soon.
1: Okay. Bye.